Alright, that was Wild of Hulk by K. Rich. Welcome back to your favorite podcast, The Josh and Ethan Show. And we have a quick episode here, basically on three of the whole speaking out kind of cancellation things, and why two of them are good and necessary, and why one is being very overblown. And while it's a bad incident, it doesn't need to be treated the way it is. So um, let's start off with... Hold on, hold on. Before we begin, sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. I think... I think I need to uh, confess a crime. All right, go so for it. Today, we went. Me and my dad, we went to Indiana, and we bought some fireworks. But Whoa. that's a crime in itself. Well, if we bought them in Illinois, it would have been a crime. But having them in Illinois is a crime. But the other crime is they shoplifted. I stole. I stole three loose smoke bombs. What? I know. I should be That's crazy. Detained. Wait, don't they sell those at, like, Jewel, though? So, like, fireworks are illegal, but, like, smoke bombs aren't? I think so, because they're not technically fireworks. And also, what's the point of smoke bombs? Can't you just set a piece of paper on fire? Well, because you light them, and then you hold them in your hand, and, like, a bunch of smoke comes up, and, like, it goes in your face and you cough. So it's, like, I don't know. It, it could be used as, like, self-defense. Like, I could throw this at a cat or something, you know, run away. All right, but here's the issue. If you're, if you're like, Batman or Robin or something, like, you watch, like, cartoons and stuff, and they have smoke bombs, and they go off instantly because it's just, like, a little capsule releases of smoke. This one, you have to whip out a lighter or a match, light it, then chuck it on the ground, and the smoke kind of is, like, and then it slowly, like, all bursts out. All right, enough about you confessing to be, like, a criminal. Actually, I have to confess to something criminal as well Uh-oh. a couple times we've taken bottles glass bottles and we put bottle rockets in them and i lit <laughs> them with a lighter and they shot into the sky and it was inside of chicago that's illegal in illinois i know so we're both going to jail for um doing bottle rockets Ugh. all right but um so, on the basis of very serious crimes, let's talk about a crime that is not even a crime and is less serious. And while I'm disappointed it happened, I think people are going way too far in this. So, Sammy Guevara, I won't say him on air because we don't really want to tag this as explicit, but um, Sammy Guevara made some comments about rape in Sasha Banks on a podcast in 2016 when he was 22, and they were very bad comments and they're very stupid things to say, but I think people have to take into account. He was 22. He said something stupid. He's apologized several times. Sasha Banks and him talked on the phone. She's showing now, like, everyone's cool. No one was physically hurt. No one's experienced long-term mental damage. He said something stupid when he was young. They've suspended him without pain, definitely, and he's doing sensitivity training. Fine. But after that, they will further reevaluate his situation with the company. Do not fire him. Just suspend him without pay for three months or have him work without pay for three months or whatever. But do not fire him. He said something stupid. He's not, like, raping people. He's not actively physically harassing people. It was a stupid thing he said, but he was young. And it'd be a stupid idea to chuck away a young talent 
who is still young, but said something when they were even younger and dumber, who said something, again, really stupid, but to just throw them away and ruin their career in life, I think would be really stupid. And also, we know Vince will hire anyone no matter what they did, given that Velveteen Dream is employed still, and we'll talk about that later. So, I'm just telling you, you don't want Vince to get the Wittanio superstar that he's been looking for for ages. So, AEW... I know you're not listening to this, but do not fire Sammy Guevara. He said something stupid. Take away his pay, but don't fire him. Yeah. I mean, what he said was really bad. And I think if he said that more recently, it would be a whole different situation because obviously that is something you shouldn't say really ever. But I think you can kind of give him a... I don't, want to say give him a pass because it's still not a good thing but he was younger and naive and he was he's still an adult he was still an adult when he did it when he did it he knew what he was saying i doubt he meant it like oh yeah i'm gonna do this thing that i said like absolutely not yeah so i can i can see why people are making it such a big thing but this is something old that's resurfaced. Like when Kevin Hart was supposed to host what the Oscars or something, and all those homophobic tweets from the past came up. Like nobody hates him now. Like he owned up to the things. He stepped down from the Oscar host role, and that was it. Yeah, and I think that's fun. Sammy was probably going over on Matt Hardy this week on Dynamite. He's been pulled from TV indefinitely. Santana's going to go in and job to Matt Hardy. That's fine. If you want to take him off TV for a week or a month, not, like, kill his push. Like, still push him the same you were when he comes back. But just hurt his push because he's off TV for a month. Just kind of show him you shouldn't do things like this. It's bad PR. If you want to give his pay to the woman's place that they're, um, that they're donating it to, that's all cool. And have him do a sensitivity training while he's off TV. But the way they say reevaluate his status with the company, it's like, why would you fire him? It like it's such a stupid thing that he did. But it'd be such a stupid thing to fire someone for saying something stupid that he's apologized for and he said when he was young. It's people like so if so many people say stupid things when they're twenty two, I bet we'll probably say something stupid each when we're twenty two. Because that's just what people do when they're twenty two. Cause we've already said some things that if we said it on this podcast, we would never be famous. Yeah, but it's like, all right. Well, no, that's like, that's if we say anything that isn't like pro Bernie. <laughs> we said things on this podcast, even like, oh, Joe Biden has gaffes and communism is bad, where we'd be canceled for that. But it's like the idea that we can judge a society based off of what people do in their 22. And I agree, like, yes, there can be mental harmfulness, but Sasha Banks released a statement. She doesn't seem to be mentally harmed. She actually seemed to. I don't want to say enjoy it, but she took the approach to teach Sammy about some of the, like, what exactly was wrong with Dud and what was, offen- was offensive about what he said as a woman, like, and as her, which was who the comments were aimed at. So I think that's all very good in some ways. But if we're judging everyone at what they did when they were 22, we wouldn't have a good society. Because, like, think about your 22. It's like a year after you can start drinking and doing, like, some drugs and stuff, right? So it's it's like the first time you're really an adult. But you're still kind of a kid. Like, that's not a good position to judge everything someone does off of that. I mean, it's very different if you physically harm someone. But this doesn't seem to harm anyone except for the backlash of Guevara. And he's already been harmed enough. Now just let it go. 
And if he does it again, go after him hard. But for now, they just have to let it go. Plus, there's, I mean, not to demean the situation, but there's so much more, so much worse that's happened or that pro wrestlers have done and have had little to no consequence for, or if they did have consequence, like everyone forgot about it in like a year. Yeah, and we'll get to like, it. This is like, like, well, I know this is like a WWE thing and Vince likes covering things up or doesn't care. Sometimes, like Jimmy Snuka, he murdered someone and supposedly Vince like covered it up or something. Yeah. I don't know if it's and, all. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. I don't know if it's all WWE fans because I, I read on Sammy's apology post, I went through on Twitter and I read like half the comments. It's like, how the people are like, we forgive you, man. You made a mistake. I'm glad you owned up to it. Keep up the good work on Dynamite. We're with you. And then half of it was like, apology doesn't count. And people were photoshopping him liking posts, like defending what he said and like posting that after, even after it had been debunked as fake. But I don't know if the people arguing after him are all WWE fans. I think a lot of WWE fans don't even know who he is. So maybe it's like the smart mark WWE fans. But... If you're talking or about like those people that are like, oh, my favorite company, WWE, is under attack by AEW. I'm going to I'm going to take every opportunity to diminish this brand and be like, oh, Sammy Guevara is a bad person because he said this thing. Yeah. And if you're going after him, I'm not saying you're a bad person, but if you are going after him over going, if you're not accepting his apology, one, that's wrong. Two, if you're. Going after him, even though, like, without at least thinking that he was younger, like, at the time, and young people say stupid things, that is wrong. Three, if this is your main focus in the world, Sammy Guevara saying something stupid, and not Beltine Dream being a child predator, and Joy Ryan being a serial rapist, you need to get your head straight, because there are bigger problems in this industry than Sammy Guevara saying something stupid on a random podcast when he was 22. When, like, know what? Virgil might come on this podcast sometime, and he might say something stupid, but he won't because he is the almighty word of meat sauce. And, oh, what if Virgil was 22? Are we going to try to cancel Virgil then as try, of trying to cancel Velteen Dream, who's going to win the tag team titles with Dexter Loomis, even though he's a child predator? What are we doing here? Yeah, it's crazy. It really is. All right, I, I, we talked about it on the podcast. I really want to go off on this Velteen Dream thing. I loved Belting Dream say, say before he got injured the first time. He had his Hogan. Do you remember he did like the Hogan intros? I was like, yeah, show that ho- that racist Hogan like what he's up with, and because it's like ho- Hogan hated him on Tough Enough, but Hunter saw something in him, got him a contract. Cool. And then it came out that Hogan was racist. Everyone's like, oh, Hogan just didn't like Belting Dream because he was black. And I don't think Hogan had like his like like child predator senses on or whatever, but. Maybe Hogan made a good choice because this guy having a platform, he's deleted all social media, he's disappeared, but apparently it seems like he and Dexter Loomis are winning the tag titles, and he's now on several accounts, one that's almost certainly fact, has sent nudes to 16, 17-year-old boys, and I know I'm laughing a bit because it sounds insane, but this is a public figure, still on TV, of course, the average viewing age, this was mainly an Instagram thing and kind of a Twitter thing, but... The average age of NXT viewers is 56, so maybe these people, like, aren't hip to Instagram and Twitter and don't know about it, but it's, like, the fact that this guy is on national TV when he deleted his social media out of shame for being a child predator, like, what is going on? 
Also, I know this doesn't have to do with Velveteen Dream being a Mr. No-No man, but just the thought of Dexter Loomis and Velveteen Dream winning the tag titles in the first place is so ridiculous. Yeah, it's like, talk about transitional champions. Okay, so you like, don't... For, like, first, first of all, they want to make... If, Imperium is going to continue this thing with Finn Balor eventually. You're going to want to build them up to seem like a legitimate like faction. So having them win the tag titles off of uh, Riddle and Thatcher was already a, a pretty big way to like prove, oh, look, these Imperium people are legit. Why'd you call him Roidal? What? You called him Roidal. Yeah, I'm going to extract a soundbite of that later so I can randomly play it in the middle of podcast episodes. Just roidal. Like, remember like remember we called Roman Roids? <laughs> Roman Roids. <laughs> oh, did you hear what? Sorry, this is another segue. Then we'll go back to your segue. But um, I saw Jericho talking about Roman. He's like, I wish we had Roman Reigns in AEW. If he has got to talk and be himself unscripted, he'd be the most over guy in the industry. It's like... How so? I don't know, but it's like, apparently he's really likable, even though he does steroids. So, like, what is Vince doing wrong? Well, because Vince, for a long time, Vince was just like, hey, here's Roman, like him now. And I was like, well, we don't want to like him now. So that just made everyone This sounds horrible. This sounds horrible, but bear with me. If Roman, right after winning that Royal Rumble the first time, everyone was booing at him, if he had come down with leukemia then, he would have been so much better off because all the other hate just built and built and built. And if he had gotten leukemia, like the the type that didn't kill him just took him out of action, and people had had that story then before the real heat formed, he would have been... I'm not like wishing on the guy to get leukemia, but I'm saying that would have been better timing for him if he was going to fall ill with leukemia again. Well, I don't think him... There's any good timing for getting leukemia. No, totally. I'm saying, but I'm saying, if like if he had to, if his leukemia was going to resurface at a point, that would have been a much better point for him. Because here, like it happened, and if you look at it, he'd be in the Undertaker at Mania. Like, what was the point of him being the Undertaker at Mania after Undertaker lost to Brock? That felt so like, it was I, like a I, second I wanna, I, Actually, later I want to talk about the Undertaker because I don't know if you saw the whole thing, but I finished uh, the last ride today. Yeah, I want to talk about that a little bit. But I heard about it. I feel it, like yeah. I feel like after Brock, I feel like that should have been it. Yeah. Because well, no, it's like, he... oh, okay, Taker lost to Brock. Streak over. Lesnar, big man. That's it. Well, no, he wanted to go out on a big one though. He did. I and think he, the Boneyard match was fine. I think it was good to go out on. Yeah, but, I mean, what, what came out of it after that was fine. It, it's just, it feels like every time I see The Undertaker, he just looks, like, really old. He looks so much older. Like, this guy's only, he's, what, 55? And he doesn't, he looks so much older than 55. I know, and you look at, um, not Frank Kazarian. Um, you look at Christopher Daniels. He's like fifty. He looks yeah, something twenty years younger. And I think part of it is one, it's what road life was back in the day. And I don't think Undertaker was one of the guys who was like constantly on cocaine and steroids. 
But it's like it was a tougher road life back in the day. So I think it's a part of that. But I think it's also doing the one match a year is actually really bad on your body. Because you have to train really hard to get in shape for the one match. Instead of kind of training a like a medium amount. Because you're doing matches every couple months. So you're kind of constantly in in-ring shape. Because he can kind of become like dad bod undertaker. Then get in ring shape. And that's really hard on his body to do that very quickly every year. So I wish he would have wrestled like until the last couple of years, like SummerSlam, the Royal Rumble, and Mania every year. Well, that's the thing though, because he was doing Mania every year until like the Saudi shows, because he started showing up for some Saudi shows, and then he did a house show in Madison Square Garden, and he did Extreme Rules with that tag match last year. He did, so he was a little more active, but you know he still wasn't wasn't doing a lot in the ring so he i mean in recent years he's looked a lot better but he just i mean he needed to go he really did i still think he's probably gonna come back i think so he said at the end of the documentary i don't have the i'm at a good place right now where i don't need to wrestle anymore but he said if vince is ever in a pinch pinch he'll consider coming back i think i think he'll he'll come back I just want to tell you, four and a half years from now, I think Vince's TV... I know AEW's contract runs out for TV, but I think Vince's does. I think Vince might be in a pinch then when people see how bad his ratings have gone by then. And his entire business... His entire business right now, because he did all the pay-per-views, not even just, like, pay-per-views outside of Mania and, like, SummerSlam and Rumble. He did all pay-per-views. They make barely any money on the network because people are less and less subscribing to that. And almost all his business relies on the Saudis, who are unreliable and sometimes kidnap his people and TV money. So, so supposedly the Saudi, Saudi shows are probably done. Well, for now, I mean, they could. Well, always... no, no, I mean, like even after the pandemic, they're probably not going to continue the contract. Really? But they signed it for like yeah. 2022 or 2023, I thought. Yeah, they signed a five-year contract, so. When was the first Saudi show? Like two years ago? Yeah. So, 2023. Hmm. I think they'll come back because it's like, even though they're having issues of like them basically holding everyone hostage, like Vince needs the Saudi money. The Saudis like having entertainment. But, but also, also, I think it's good that if they don't have the Saudi shows, because when there's just so many pay per views, like, it feels like every month there's a pay-per-view. I, I, I think every yeah. month there is a pay-per-view, which is bad because you have to create, like, Raw and SmackDown are for build-up. They're to put people over. They're to, you know, create storylines. And then the main events are like, okay, here's the big show. If you have that every month, it's so much harder to build up and create yeah. new stars because people talk so, about oh go ahead so i feel like like having less shows is so much better for it'd be so much better for wwe yeah in my opinion they should have wrestlemania uh summer uh money in the bank summer slam uh survivor series in the royal rumble five that's good enough i think that's good yeah you could maybe convince them to go eight so they do two a quarter and they might need to if they make the switchback pay-per-view. Well, I was going to say... 
what I thought was smart, which they stopped doing, I don't know why, but I thought it was smart that they were doing SmackDown pay-per-views and Raw pay-per-views. Yeah, because the thing so is... Like, like, one year would, like, backlash was SmackDown, and then the next it was Raw. Yeah, I thought that was smart. That segues into what I was thinking of, like, lots of people blame the bad writing, and trust me, the writing's horrible and just to make Vince laugh. But also, if you look at it, if you're doing a three-week build for everything, every single time, it's never going to be very fulfilled. If you look at AEW, like, they've been building, how many weeks ago was Double or Nothing? It was, like, four weeks ago, right? So, yeah. Brian Cage and Moxley isn't for another, like, two, three weeks, and they've already been building it for longer than the average cycle between WWE pay-per-views. Yeah. And I'm not even, like, super into Brian Cage. I think the match will be good. But it's like, I'm not even that hyped for that. Now, compared to hype that I have for... Well, all right, so the tag match, like, best friends of being getting wins, they, so they're just set up as contenders from the win standpoint, right? Now yeah. they have all this time, these next three weeks, like, the entire WWE pay-per-view cycle, usually half of that would be devoted to just giving the team a couple wins. Now they have all that time just for the character development between the two teams, so it just doesn't feel like it's two random teams fighting. But it's like, if your character development's one week and they only get two weeks of wins, they don't feel like a proper team. That's why AEW is so refreshing. And you can also have, like, every Dynamite, name a WWE pay-per-view that we've seen in the past five years that was better than your average episode of Dynamite. Like, that you would rather watch. Yeah. Which, uh, which is why I think dynamite into AEW. i mean in general it's so much better than wwe but i feel like build up wise i'm always more hyped when it comes to AEW because they have more time to drag out stories yeah because i'm now to the point like i see joe more in the crowd with mjf i'm like i love mjf i want him to be undefeated for forever and beat moxley for a title I'm also like, come on, Jungle Boy, you got beat MJF. When's Jungle Boy going to beat MJF, Tony Khan? Because it's like, I'm so invested already in, like, Jungle Boy one day is going to beat MJF. Because these guys are career rivals, and they are going to main event pay-per-views against each other a couple years from now. And I just, they've, they already have me invested in that. So imagine what it's going to be like when we have builds to specific matches with those guys. Because I already have the basic underlying character. Then you have, can these guys get enough wins to reach the other guy's level wherever it is on the rankings. And then you have the extra layer of, well, what's the specific reason for this match? Jungle Boy, you won the last match, but why does MGF want to go after you even though he's the heel? So it's it it's so much better to have the long gap between pay-per-views because I just... Also, if you look at the pay-per-views, they only put on every show, or almost only, the people that are on the next pay-per-view... AEW's able to put on people that are in the next pay-per-view because they have time to spread their storylines out. Yeah. Alright, so, um, should we go back to Velton Dream? Yeah, so, like, I, I, I feel like, I mean, it's kind of, what they're doing with, with, uh, Velveteen Dream right now is very similar to, uh, what's his name, Matt Riddle, because he's under investigation for, you know, a sexual assault, and they haven't beat AJ Styles on SmackDown. Well, let me say, the one thing about Riddle is, and I don't know if this, I think this makes me a little bit more hesitant to believe the case against him, is the one woman hasn't come forward with this story before, but she's had past allegations, and the lawyer's drawn up papers because she's been cyber-stalking the Riddle family. So, well, yeah. I don't want to completely write off the allegations, 
this one is one that seems a bit less likely because if she had an issue with him, that seems like a lot more of a thing that she can come out with initially. And the cyber stalking is not a good look. So I'm not completely ranking it off, but I am a bit more hesitant on the Matt Riddle thing. And especially if you consider like Vince's moral compass, I totally understand and in some ways agree why Vince is still going through of pushing him. Because then you can always have him on for one week after a scandal, like if something breaking comes out, and then just have like AJ beat him, then have him go into another match and get beat. You know, like put him in like, like have him lose a match, then do a lumberjack match. He's one of the lumberjacks and he gets laid out. Then put him in, then make the main event a battle royal to get back into a tournament he lost a match in and have him get thrown out first in the battle royal. Like, there's, you can bury him in one week if you need to. Yeah. Which, I think, I think that really sucked for Matt Riddle because Matt Riddle's at the height of his career right now. Yeah. Um, so, every BTE with Joey Ryan in it, which, as far as I understand, is like, I'm not positive on this. I scanned through like the first 150, and it was about 20 that have been deleted. But every BTU of Joey Ryan has been deleted from it because Joey Ryan is basically a serial rapist. He has 13 accusations, and it's one thing if like one or two people get together and make up accusations to someone they don't like, but 13 would be way too high of an amount to be organized. So it's pretty much confirmed that Joey Ryan is a serial rapist, and... He's deleted all social media just like Veltine Dream, which is basically a sign that you're guilty. And Bar Wrestling, which he owned, is closed. Impact has fired him. I think he's probably going to get taken to court and go to jail, but um, we'll see. But yeah, it's kind of sad because the episodes of BT are erased, especially because he was in a storyline with Hangman that led to All In, which I was there live for, and that was a really fun thing to see pay off. But um, I think it is okay... Because you also don't want to have stuff tainted by that guy. And even though it would hurt Hangman's arc on the show, if they could re-edit some of those episodes and repost them, just with all the segments edited out, and maybe if they had like any spare bloopers with Hangman, just I know this would take a while, but Color is a second contract for BTE. But then just put any extra things, if they have any, with Hangman, just to kind of make up for Hangman losing a main amount of his arc. Because I feel like it definitely has to be done, and I'd like to see the rest of the episodes re-upload. But I also feel bad for Hangman, because this was such an important part of getting him over on BTE. So, what do you think about the removal of the BTE episodes? I mean, I think it's... uh... Wait, you mean like... So these episodes are pre-recorded, yeah? No, they just deleted every old... Wait, these episodes are? No, no, I'm talking about the stuff with Hangman, because you said you hope that they could still upload stuff with Hangman. No, no, of course they can still upload BT stuff with Hangman. I'm saying, like, the old episodes, I'm hoping they can go back, and if they have any spare footage, just edit it in place of that. Because basically, the old, it was around, like, 80 to 140, I want to say. I think that's right before the formation of AEW. But they were doing all-in. And Hangman and Joey Janelle were having a match, but Hangman and Joey Ryan were also having a feud on the side of that. So every episode that Joey Ryan was in to build up that feud with Hangman was deleted from the Beanie Elite YouTube channel. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah, so 
what I'm saying is like, hopefully they could just trim out the Joey Ryan bits, then re-upload the rest of the episode. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, but if we want to talk about moral compasses, talk about Impact's moral compass. They immediately fired Joey Ryan, which is good. And Vince still won't fire a Velveteen Dream. He won't fire a Laguero, who's accused of molesting little girls. I think the, the weirdest thing is that the only person from WWE who really faced a consequence was Jack Gallagher. And that makes the least sense to me because is there any proof that he did any of this? Is like something? Is there something WWE knows that no one else does? Like, why was, of all people, Jack Gallagher the first one to be Well, punished? I have two ideas. One, they do have some evidence. And they're assigned not to share it for some reason, or whoever came forward the evidence doesn't want that out there, the victim doesn't want it out there. Whatever. What I think more likely is they have no extra evidence, but Jack Howard was a jobber and they weren't doing anything with him, where all the other WWE guys they were doing stuff with, so they felt like, yeah, we can fire Jack Gallagher. Makes sense. I mean So think, they're like they had an excuse to think, let him go. No, think about it as your Vince though. It's like, all right, Jordan Devlin there's some allegations against him, Logero. We're both using the we're you doing it. Logero accusations are bad because he was training little girls. Um, but those guys, they're like upper mid card. Logero's lower mid card. Devlin's upper mid card in X UK. So we're using those guys. Um, Lester's like major evidence. We won't fire them. And then I'm not saying this is real. This is just a guess. Putting on my tinfoil hat. Matt Riddle, we're bringing him up to SmackDown. He's gonna have a huge push. He's being AJ. We're gonna use him. So what's Lester's really big evidence? Let's let's keep him. Jack Gallagher is a jobber on NXT 205 Live, which I don't know why he was. He's talented. Do we need him? No. It doesn't matter if we have any evidence. Let's just fire him. Just think about it as your Vince. True, but yeah, there's just like this whole speak out movement has me like kind of shocked because especially with like Tyler Bate like he's like one of the last people I would think would be accused of something like this like he yeah. just seems like such a genuine person yeah honestly a lot of it will be um I this might come off wrong but with innocent until proven guilty unless someone can come forward with evidence or can corroborate the accounts of what happened we have to assume that these guys are innocent and let them continue up their jobs and still see them as the talented performers they are, even if some of them do get away, because there is no form of evidence. And that'd be really sad if it turns out that like no one comes out against Howard Bate, like no one else comes out, and we keep him there. It turns out that he is actually horrible, but maybe he isn't. And it's like you don't want to have people wrongly accused to get their lives and careers ruined. So it's a really tough issue, but I mean, we do have these things with like proof, like Velteen Dream, or with a billion accusations. Like I think it's like thirteen right now on Joey Ryan, where then you can say a lot more accurately. This is someone that we have to get rid of, and I think that's good. These yeah, because once it gets up to thirteen, I think it's like okay, yeah. he probably did it. Yeah, like kind of like that's kind of what happened with Cosby. We're like. Everyone in the industry kind of knew, but 
like the public really didn't. So when accusations started coming out against Cosby, people were like, well, that's like one or two people. Like, because again, kind of like Tyler Bay, no one thought that you, you know, of all people, Bill Cosby, because he was a star, the star of the 80s, and he was like such a funny ha guy. Where like, when it started to be like the numbers started to rack up, it was like, oh wow, this is actually happening. Yeah, but um, I don't know, and I don't want to condemn anyone because I again I hate wrongly accusing people and ruining their lives. But um, it's also tough because you have to convict these people. But the thing is, like, the Bucks and like all the other people are apparently mortified. Like they delayed the release of BTE from Monday to Tuesday. So apparently, the people close to Joy Ryan does not know any of this, and he's keeping all of this a secret from them. Which, I mean, makes sense, and it shines a good light on the industry. These guys wouldn't have gone along with it. But um, it's also kind of sad that someone could deceive someone that, like, thought they were so close to them for so long and, like, so deeply. I was, I was thinking about Pete Dunne because, like, Pete Dunne has, like, been in the ring with most of the guys that have been accused in NXT UK plus Matt as Riddle, well, right? was his tag team partner like all these people that that Pete Dunn are so close to or know so well are being accused and I was like I sympathize because he was on Twitter like this like kind of condemning like everything that was going on and like I just felt so bad for him because all these people he knows like they're being accused yeah was um was Trent Seven accused at all? Because he'd be in the same situation as Pete Dunne, too. Hold on, we've lost something. Alright, we are back now. Um, Sorry, I accidentally yeah. hung up. <laughs> I, I didn't bother to cut the recording, we'll see again. But, um, what I was saying is, I don't think Trent Seven was accused, so that kind of puts him in the same situation as Pete Dunne. But the thing is, the UK is a bigger problem with it, with age of consent being 16, and with all of the younger wrestling schools, but the, even at that rate, I don't believe if you're Pete Dunne saying there, that everyone's so good at deception, everyone's such a bad person, where it's like, alright, Jordan Devlin, Tyler Bay, Wagaro, like, if you're going to come everyone, I think some of these people are definitely doing stuff, but I'm not going to jump to conclusions and be like, weren't to immediately cancel Tyler Bate. I want to see some real evidence. Because I think we've had one person's account. And that's great if it is real and they're speaking up. And I really respect that. But if they're just trying to ruin Tyler Bate's career for some reason. And no one else backs him up. Then that's really wrong. One, to put Tyler in like a state of risk like that. And two, to his friends to make him be like, is everything I know about Tyler Bate a lie? Like, has this person deceived me as a friend for years and years and years? So, oh, wow. So, Trent Seven was also accused. Really? Yes, he was. Uh, her accusation related to Trent flirting and coaxing, coaxing underage girls to drink. The second accusation was Trent concealing the fact that he was in a committed relationship before intercourse, having intercourse with her. Hmm. Is there any cooperating stuff there, or is that just one woman's account? Um, I don't know, but 
this was three days ago by essentially sports and he he said the assumptions in the claim against me are untrue and a defamation of character i will be taking this matter matter further yeah that's um again the single accusations are so tough because it's like you don't want to believe that people are bad and like we do things like this we also don't want to believe that there would be people who try to ruin someone's career in life for some reason by making up stuff about us. And it's kind of like the whole woman who make false rape accusations should go to jail thing. And I'm kind of behind that. Yeah. Because people have been like had stuff ruined without evidence. But the bigger thing to me is just it's definitely a problem in the industry. But I don't know if it's as widespread, and that's why these single accusations are so tough. Because I don't want to like call someone a liar, but I also don't want to. Part of me is I don't want to believe, but part of me also doesn't think that something could be this widespread. Like it's totally an issue, especially in this industry. But I don't think that. Like, what would it be? It'd be like a quarter of the top guys on the UK scene are all like serial rapists and. Or, and or child molesters like are we going that far is i it's definitely bad but i don't know if it's that bad and it's so tough to tell until we just get more evidence and that's just going to take time yeah all right um is that our show or do we have anything else um well i, I said i wanted to talk a little bit about the last ride oh, yeah um, so basically the whole documentary summed up was like the undertaker's journey ever since i think it was 2017 uh 2016 or 2017 and him kind of like debating back and forth with himself with the fact like am i going to retire or can can i still keep up in the ring um and there was like several parts in his career where he just didn't feel mentally or physically able to uh, continue to, you know, compete. Um, and he was really taking a toll on his body. But then within, I think it was the, the last two years, he had another hip replacement and he has been like keeping in shape. So he was a lot better in the ring. Oh, you're my dog. Bruce, be quiet. I closed the door of my room because I knew he was going to bark. Um, but, like, within the past two years, he's been uh, a lot more in shape and he's been able to. He was. He, I will say personally, within the past two years, he's looked a lot better. Um, but he's still an old guy and he's still, like, he's really up. He's. he's he, his gas tank is pretty much empty. So it, it, it kind of teased, or not teased, but it, uh, he was mentioning The Undertaker like throughout the documentary, like AJ Styles has been someone he's been wanting to work with, but he says he, he wished he could work, could have worked with him like 10 or 15 years ago because that's when both yeah. of them were still like in their prime. Um, I So uh, go ahead. I hope that he's retired for his sake. I don't think he is retired, but if 
this five-part documentary series was it basically it basically was a story of him taking three years to retire if they were doing this documentary he basically knew he was on his way out they wanted to plan like a retirement i'm doing air quotes thing because it seems like too apt like unless this is really his frame of mind and they're like we're gonna release this like 10 years from now we're gonna do this for forever and he actually just decided decided like i'm gonna retire like i'm just not sure about the whole thing it seems kind of fishy the documentary is all about him like getting ready to retire then he just retires well of course he's old and he was on his way out like if you look at this guy's thought pattern up until before 2017 like he was never gonna retire well also he said like during the last episode when they were doing the whole uh, Boneyard match thing he was kind of saying like for the first time ever he's been in a place where like he's okay with accepting the fact like I don't have to compete like I don't have to step in the ring like I don't need to prove anything to myself or to anyone like it's okay if I don't wrestle and he said, like, for the first time, he was able to accept that. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's that's an official retirement, but I don't know. He did say never say never. And, I mean, that's kind of been his thing for the past, what, four, five years? If Vince was struggling, I'd be fine with him coming back for a few TVs, then putting over AJ in a cinematic match. But I don't think he should ever do a real match again just maybe like one cinematic and only have workers on AJ's level I just I I feel it feel it just doesn't feel right that his last match was with no crowd it was a boneyard match granted it was it was fantastic but it just doesn't seem like a good way for him the Undertaker to go out yeah, I just think he can't do live matches anymore, though. And, like he said, like he was never going to retire until he at least went out on a good match. And I think this is the only way for him to have a good match at his age. His last good match was probably CM Punk at Mania. Like, his, his last, like, oh, wow, like, The Undertaker's doing great. Yeah, probably. Um, I don't, I mean, he's had a, a couple of, like, like, within the past couple of years, he's had a pretty decent matches, but I haven't been, like, wowed by an Undertaker match since Punk. No, yeah, the, I enjoyed the one with Shane, because I was there live, and it was like, oh, I'm seeing the Undertaker, it's so cool, but, like, the actual not, like, I'm sure if I rewatch, I wouldn't really care for it, so the novelty kind of wears off after a few years, that's like, wait, we're putting time in the card and City Undertaker wrestling. But, yeah, I hope for his sake he's retired. Also, I feel like it's hard to not like an Undertaker match because he is the Undertaker. But, like, even his bad matches, they don't, like, if you weren't to know who any of those wrestlers were in the match, you would think it was, a, like, for example, uh, DX versus the Brothers of Destruction. Oh, yeah, yeah. Horrible match horrible but the fact that dx and the undertaker and kane were in that match makes it a little bit that little bit better yeah it goes from like horrible to bad and then you get the entrances and you're like all right it's horrible to like mediocre 
And then, like, the only thing that really feels horrible about it is, like, the few actually botched spots, which there were a lot in that match. But, like, you forget about the actual horrible rhythm of the match when you think about, like, oh, it's DX is back and the Burrs of Destruction are back. So you are right. Like, there, there is some of that novelty that always helps. But I don't know. I, I, I think, and my dad said this too, and a couple of people I've seen on Twitter said, agreed or said the same thing, where I'm surprised that he didn't hold out till Survivor Series because this Survivor Series will mark the 30 year anniversary in WWE since his debut. Um, so I, I would have thought that it would make sense for him to like end it all where it started. Yeah, I think that'd be good, but you also have to think about he did become famous for the streak in Mania, so maybe that ended up meaning more to him. Like, going That's out true. in Mania. But, either way, he's probably not retired, so... <laughs> well, um, we'll see. Yeah. Alright, but, um... Anything else? Um... I think that's about it. I don't know of anything else, really. Yeah. Alright, um... That is... The end of our show. Thanks for listening.